Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, September 14th, 2021, and this is day 1285 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you, we praise you, glorify you above all others. Thank you so much for being our sovereign God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your wisdom to know the difference between that which is good and that which is evil. Help us, Father, to stand firm in the truth in these last days and to not fall after any false prophets. I thank you so much, Lord, for uh, equipping us to go forth and fulfill the purpose for this day. Thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's message is don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. There are lots and lots of fake uh, people out there trying to steer you in the wrong direction, trying to steer us in the wrong direction, and they're being used by Satan to do that. We talked about those demons and how Satan was cast out of heaven uh, for rebelling against God and a third of the angels followed after him and how those angels are Satan's uh, imps. Uh, They work for him to come against God's people and is no joke. It is real, (laughs) Uh, but we have no reason to be afraid. We have Christ in us and he's already beat Satan. So the key is us knowing the word of God to know we are we have power over Satan through the power of the Holy Spirit. And also knowing and understanding that Satan will be locked up for eternity during uh, in the last days. Um, you may know of it as the uh, apocalypse, but also, the tribulation period that is going to take place, seven years of that. Uh, but the saints, my understanding or from my perspective of reading the Bible, and listen, it could be, uh, we could be here during the tribulation period. It could be, uh, I feel like we are seeing uh, a part of it now. It's like an infomercial of what is to come. That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> it's like seeing all the things that are happening uh, that the Bible is talking about how people will become lovers of themselves and uh, be aware of th- these fra- false prophets that will come. And the number one thing that they're going to do, they're going to use untruths. They're going to use lies. And I want to want us to dive into this today. Don't be fooled. We're going to be coming out of Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 24 and learn a little bit more about this particular false prophet. And and even once he wanted to change, what happened to him? All right, so it says, um, Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery. That is witchcraft. Anyone that is doing fortune telling, 
when we talk about our signs, going by that, well, my sign is this, and this is what I do because that's what my sign says. That is a form of sorcery. Uh, none of that is of God. Remember that. God, uh, the other thing, worshiping the moon and the stars and the, and, and, uh, the trees, this is real. And, the, and this is also uh, what's coming up is Satan's biggest holiday, which is Halloween. And there is a lot of things that go on in the occult that we as regular folks not involved in that are not aware of and some of the things that we say and uh, that are parts of that uh, holiday, Halloween, they mean something uh, in the occult, so in the occult world. So understanding more. So sorcery, practicing sorcery is witchcraft uh, and witchcraft is evil, not of God. And so it says... Uh, Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. Now, another thing, God's people don't boast. That's another way of knowing the difference. He was a boaster. And it says, all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. And when it is someone of God, they're not going to allow you to call them that <laughs> because they know better. When you truly know the Lord, you're not going to allow them to call you the great power of God because you're not, we're not God. We're not here to take God's glory. We're here to glorify God and to function according to his purpose, to lift him up and draw people to him, not to us. All right. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So you notice Philip, a true follower of God. What did he do? He lifted up God. He he was talking about the kingdom of God. Uh, a what, and that is what it's all about: building the kingdom of God. We are a part of the kingdom. Once we come to know Him, we are that kingdom of God. We are a part of the body of Christ, and and so understanding that and sharing the good news, which is salvation, knowing about Jesus, because that is going to be the key: knowing Jesus, so that we. Uh, we accept him as our savior. That's how we come to be saved, accepting him in our hearts as our savior. And then he is our Lord now. He, We worship him and uh, we know that we're secure in him because there's a time coming when all of those who are saved will be raptured up. And it says in the Bible, those who are in debt, who are dead in Christ, those who died before us, but were saved, they will be raised up first. And then those who are alive will be caught up in the air together. It doesn't say rapture in the Bible, but the word means caught up to be with Christ. There will be a trumpet call, a trumpet blast, and, and we'll hear it. And, and at that moment, will be caught up. It'll be in a moment, a second, in a twinkling of an eye. However, a 
quick a twinkling of an eye is, <laughs> that's how fast it's going to happen. All right. Now, verse 13 says, Simon himself believed and was baptized. So here is Simon, the sorcerer. That's a great thing, right? I would be excited that that person too got saved. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the other apostles came. They they had an assignment. Uh, so Philip led them to Christ. All right. And he probably continued on preaching and teaching but God gives us all different assignments. So when the other two came, their assignment was to lay hands on them, to pray for them, that they would receive the Holy Spirit. All right. And the Holy Spirit, once we receive the Holy Spirit, we now have the power to do the will of God. We have the power to uh, do what Philip was doing, cast hands on people. I mean, uh, lay hands on people, casting out demons, laying hands on them and heal, asking the Lord to heal them. And when we pray, we say it in Jesus name. That's how we get to the father. And when we end our prayers, we should say in Jesus name, because Jesus said, no man cometh unto the father except through him. All right. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So that is how we get through to the Father. That's why we say in Jesus' name. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So again, still, Simon was still functioning in a selfish mode in himself. He still wants to be glorified. He wants to pay for something that is of God that, that you cannot buy. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. So our heart, our heart has to be right in God. And our heart is what God looks at. He doesn't look at our outer person and says, oh, they're not dressed right. Oh, they don't look right. He looks at our heart. What is our motive? Why do we do what we do? Repent. This is what Peter says to him. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. That is huge. And listen, I was there. I, <laughs> I was full of bitterness before I was saved and captive to sin. I was bitterness. I had bitterness toward my earthly father because of him not being there to help us. I was a nice person, but I still had bitterness 
and anger. And once I came to know Jesus, all of those things changed in me. And I began to see things the way Christ saw them. And I grew. I Day one, it didn't happen. Day two. But after learning the word and, and sitting under a preacher that knew God and taught us the true word of God. You know, just as some of you may listen to the podcast on a regular basis. I am sharing with you the true word of God, not Jackie's message, but God's message. And I encourage you to always read along with me or take your time out and study it to make sure that what I'm sharing with you is right. And if it is not, let me know. Uh, Say, hey, Pastor Jackie, you said this and that's not that line up with the word of God. I too can be should be corrected. We all do. My mother says that all the time as a pastor. We stand to be corrected as well. And if we do not take correction, that means that we are trying to make you follow us and not God. It's all about us. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. It was like an awakening took place in his heart. And he was humbled. Anyone and everyone needs Jesus, right? No matter what you've done in life, no matter where you came from. And so God has mercy upon us no matter what we've done. And if we are humbly seeking him, and once we do, people will know us by our fruit if we are real or not. So I have three small points. Number one, once we truly know Jesus, then we will know the difference between real and fake. Don't be fooled, especially in these last days. That is going to be the number one tool of what the enemy will use. He's been using it for centuries. There is nothing new. All right. He does not. He does not know what we're thinking. He does not. He cannot be everywhere at once like God. God knows our hearts. He knows what we're thinking. Satan only goes by our actions. And so once he sees what's tempting to us, that's what he'll use over and over again. Think about it. Think about it. What have you been tempted by? What has he been using against you? So now you can say, Father, please help me in this. Please forgive me. Repenting means to ask for forgiveness for our sins and turn away from that sin. No longer practicing it. All right. Number two, you will know them by their fruits is what the Bible says. So we're not judging people. We're not there to judge them and slander their name and gossip about anybody. We are to be fruit inspectors. We know by what they say, by what they do. If someone says, yes, I'm a Christian (laughs) and I am this, I am that, you know, you don't have to purposely go around with a magnifying glass and watch after them. You're going to just see the way they handle things, how's their temperament, what do they do? Now, it doesn't mean they're not saved. It could mean that they're not mature in Christ yet. Maybe, you know, we start off on the milk, then we graduate to the meat. You can't expect a baby Christian to uh, get up and be able to preach or teach yet. No, no. (laughs) They've got to go through some things. They've got to know some things. They've got to go through some things and overcome those things through the Lord. And then they're ready. That's why the Bible says, don't put a novice in 
uh, to teach or preach. They have got to show that they have grown uh, and matured in Christ. Secondly, uh, secondly, that was secondly, wasn't it? You will know them by their fruit. Third, once you know, do something about it. Uh, the Holy Spirit is showing you for a reason. Either you're going to, um, first of all, you need to pray for them. Uh, secondly, if you're in a church and you've been there, go and it's not the pastor that's that way. Go to the pastor, talk to them about it. Uh, if nothing changes, you know, and that person is still in a leadership mode and teaching false doctrine or doing false things, you need to get out of there ASAP. Run, get out. Don't sit up under something that is not right. That is not. And 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 sometimes we go, well, let me give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, we should give people the benefit of the doubt. But in this case, if it if it's about preaching the truth of God or um, or false prophets, it's it's a matter of life or death. Really, it is not a game. It is not something to play around with. Uh, this is life or death. That is why we don't we don't need to be milly mouth about it. We need to make a change and not sit up under such a thing. You see how bold Peter was with this man, and as a leader, we are to protect the flock. I'll never forget teaching Bible study on Wednesday nights in in church uh, in person, and we're we're going back. Uh, to in-person teaching and we'll be distancing ourselves but and wearing masks but um, anyway uh, people would come in and uh, lots of them would come in that may have been drunk or may be high and that's okay we you listen the church is a hospital that's what Jesus said it is a, a hospital so it is for the sick and all of us have something. <laughs> so that is why we go. We're trying to get healed. We're trying to do better in Christ. So don't be shocked at what you see uh, when you go to church. It's not a place for perfect people because nobody's perfect. So <laughs> there would be people that would come in that, you know, and they weren't trying to hide. They weren't faking the funk in so many words. They were coming in just like God says, come as you are. And so, but here's something that that some of them would try to do. They would try to disrupt as I'm teaching. And uh, they would say things and uh, like this man was doing as I'm teaching. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. And start saying things that weren't right. Because <laughs> they felt like they know this, knew the scripture. Well, they're drunk. And they know the word. Yeah, maybe. But what they were saying was not correct. So me as the leader in teaching, my responsibility is to shut it down. Shut it down immediately. God has given us the authority to do that, just as he did with Peter. And, you know, we can't be, uh, oh, well, what will my people think or say? No, when it comes to that, there is a Holy Spirit boldness that comes up on you. And it was more than once, many times, I'd have to say, be quiet and have a seat. Because I'm talking to that evil spirit working through that person at that moment. And and you know what they would do? They would sit down and be quiet. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female. If God is working through you, you have that authority to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit.
All right. And and to watch over the flock, the flock or the people that are there that are learning and trying to get an understanding. Uh, the other another thing that happened at my old church years ago when I first came into Christ, came to know Christ. Now, oh, it may have been about three years or so after I got saved. And I, so I was getting mature in Christ and, and knew the difference uh, between that, which is good and evil, of course. And uh, there was an evangelist that our pastor would bring in uh, every year for a few years. And this man was really good. He would teach and everything would line up with the word. And I mean, people would be excited and scream and shouting, you know, some of the things that you do when you're excited, you know, you had a football game, you scream, you shout, you get excited, right? Well, when we, when we hear the word of God and we get excited, we do the same thing <laughs> and praising him and thanking him. And, uh, then at the end of service, he would do an about face. He would start talking about money for a very long time. It's one thing to take up an offering, but it's another thing to take like a whole nother 20 minutes or so just to take up offering and doing it in a way to where it's it's embarrassing or shaming people that may not have you know, saying all those with a hundred dollars, get in line, this line over here. All of you with fifties, get over in this line. You with twenty dollars, get this is literally what would be happening. And come on down and, and give your uh, and it was making it look like those with a hundred dollars look better than those with twenty dollars. And right after all of that good preaching and teaching and and all of a sudden, the air my in my my heart would just sink, and I thought, I don't like this. Something, you know, you'll just feel it. This doesn't feel right in my spirit. And then he came back a second time. I tried it again. I thought, Nah, this isn't right. And I prayed about it, and I didn't even have to go to my pastor about it because the pastor. Uh, got word, I guess someone may have said something or the the Lord, I'm sure would have said something to him and it was up to him to obey God. And that man never came back again because I, at that moment, thought, I got to do something. This does not feel good. And I was so grateful to God. The pastor never said anything. He didn't say, y'all, we made a change. He just never invited him back again. And I am so grateful that we had a pastor who was strong in Christ to do that. And even now, my mom, who is the pastor her and my dad were before he went on to be with Christ, now she is and my husband and I are uh, the associate pastors and support and do what we need to do together in leading people to Christ, growing them up in Christ, being obedient to God. What has God shown you? Not We must not be fooled in these last days. And the key, though, is for you to accept Jesus. You know, every eye will see, every ear will hear. Everyone is going to have an opportunity to hear and learn the word of God. It's their choice, though, to accept and him as Savior. And everyone would have had a chance to accept him before he returns. He is not going to come before Everyone has an opportunity. But if you choose to not take advantage of the opportunity, 
then that is on you. Uh, today is your your opportunity. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is you saying, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. Please come into my heart and live your life in me. I accept you as my savior. And I acknowledge you as Jesus. That's what that Bible said. I acknowledge you as my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. The angels are rejoicing in heaven because of you. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Men. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name in your email address. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.